Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Uh, I remember the first time my family went on a cheap package holiday to Spain. Uh, it was the first time and actually the last time we went on a cheap package holiday to Spain. Um, now, my family were from the, from the US. Uh, we grew up in America for the first few years. Um, we were used to doing holidays in the US, um, vacations over there, and we knew how those sort of vacations worked, but we'd never been to a cheap package holiday in Europe. We just, we'd never done it. We had no idea what to expect. Now, um, we had moved to Scotland, and we'd been on a few holidays in Scotland, and we thought, well, we'll use the Scottish experience to calibrate our expectations for Spain. Now, if you haven't been on a holiday in Scotland in October or, or March, let me just paint a picture for you. Um, I remember one uh, trip, we were up, way up northwest on, on, a, on a stunning beach, miles of soft sand, there was beautiful mountains in the background, dramatic cliffs, the beach was deserted, it was absolutely stunning, and it was snowing. Uh, that is a typical holiday in Scotland, around about March time. So armed with that expectation, we thought, well, we now know what Spain will be like. And so with, with suitcases bulging full of jumpers and, 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 and body warmers and, and raincoats, we, we headed off to Spain. And so you can imagine our shock stepping off the plane down in Malaga, and we were hit by this uh, wall of heat. And we thought, ah, we've got the wrong expectations. We'd all, we were prepared completely wrongly for what was about to come. So, of course, having the right expectations can make a huge difference to what we then experience And it's true in lots of areas of life, Um, and it's certainly true when it comes to leading a small group. Now, this is where the the analogy breaks down, because leading a small group is not a holiday in Spain, just to clarify that, um, in case that's what you are thinking. It does sort of break down there. But what I want to do just in the next few minutes is, I hope it'll be nothing new for you guys. I know some of you have been leading small groups for, for years and years, but it's just good to be really clear as a group what kind of expectations we have for our experience of leading a small group in the coming year. Now, I want to, I've got three headings in our handout, so I want to think about our expectations as leaders, for those of us sitting here this morning. Uh, then, um, expectations that we could set for our groups, so helping our groups to have the right kind of group expectations for the coming year. And then, um, finally, what kind of support we can expect as leaders as we do this role of, uh, of leading small groups. So th- those are the three areas I want to think about expectations as we begin. So first of all, um, for us as leaders, as we uh, embark on a new year, some of you will be leading new groups for the first time. Some are leading groups that have been going for a while. Some are leading uh, groups for youth, some for students, some for the wider church family, all kinds of groups. But um, what should our expectations be as leaders in all those groups? Well, I want us to turn to Colossians 1, uh, there in the handout, Colossians 1, verses 28 and 29, to get us, uh, get our thinking clear about expectations. In fact, before I read those verses, I wonder, um, we just have two minutes now, I wonder if, if you just turn to the people in your groups around you and just spend a couple of minutes um, before we read Colossians, just thinking, um, as we think about our expectations for the coming year as small group leaders, maybe just think of one thing that we are particularly looking forward to and one thing that we are particularly daunted about as we think about our expectations for the coming year. Maybe just, just chat to twos and threes around you in your groups. One thing you're excited about, one thing you're daunted about uh, in the coming year. Well, I want us to look at um, Colossians 1. Uh, These two verses give us just a a very brief snapshot into the Apostle Paul's 
expectations for his own ministry amongst the Colossians. And I think we can do well to imitate and copy uh, his expectations in our own ministry in our small group. So our well-known famous verses, Colossians 1, verse 28, Paul writes, We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end, I labor, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. It's wonderful uh, to be standing up here looking out at this room full of people and to know that um, you're all, you're willing to be leaders, uh, a wonderful gathering of people. And to think that behind this room stands, I guess around about 700 or so people who have signed up to be in a small group uh, across our different generations here at Christchurch. It's, it's a great uh, thought that so many people are, are going to be in a small group this year. But as we think about those numbers, all kinds of people, we've got people in different ages and stages of life. We've got, I don't know, year 10 boys just getting their heads around small groups. Maybe they are, uh, maybe they hate talking in public about what they're thinking and feeling. They hate sharing stuff in a group. Um, Maybe you've got a a first year student who'll be arriving in a few weeks trying to work out what it means to be away from home, in a sense independent. They've got lots of freedom. What does it mean to kind of live their lives? You've got maybe... a 20-somethings kind of grappling with their first job and um, the new responsibilities and, and timetables and commitments and maybe dealing with the sense of surprise at how hard work can be, the pressure work can bring. Maybe it's someone uh, who's just got a young family, uh, a new parents trying to grapple with uh, lack of sleep and the pressure of looking after these new young lives and um, not having the same routines they used to have, um, stressed maybe, uh, feeling overwhelmed. Uh, Maybe we've got others who are grappling with kind of the empty nest experience. Uh, They've had their family, they've moved away, they're not as in touch anymore. They're wondering what their role is now. We've got others facing um, bereavement, uh, failing health, uh, worries about the future. Um, In a church family of 700 people, we're going to have people at all kinds of ages and stages and challenges in life. Uh, That is the nature of what we're up to here at Christ Church. So lots of different people, lots of different presenting needs but what is the one thing every single person that I've just mentioned what is the one thing that they all need most well Paul tells us he tells us what his goal is in ministry it's there in verse 28 he says that he wants to present everyone perfect in Christ Uh, or if you like mature in Christ I guess the picture is, you can imagine a, a plant, Paul uses this picture in, in chapter 2 of, 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 of a plant that, that grows, it starts off like a small seedling, just a few roots, just a little flimsy uh, stalk. But over time it grows and the roots go down and, and the stalk grows up and there's, there's fruit and branches and there's maturity, there's a, a growth that takes place. And I think that's the image that Paul has of, of the Christian. Yes, in one hand, the moment we put our trust in Christ, we are in Christ, we are saved, we have new life. But there's also maturing that needs to take place. There's growth that has to happen. We need to mature and grow as Christians. And what Paul was passionate about was maturing people, helping them to be perfect in Christ. And whether we're helping to look after a year 10 boy who is so nervous he can't even speak in a group, or someone uh, dealing with bereavement or or, or, uh, failing health, whoever we're looking after, what people need most overall is to be mature in Christ. 
Not in some simplistic way where we say, well, it's fine, don't worry, um, Christ loves you, it's all going to be fine. No, Paul says, with all wisdom, we, we do this ministry. The, the human heart is deep and complex. The way that we come at life is nuanced and complicated. And that's why growth has to happen. We need to see how Christ affects every nook and cranny of our hearts. And in small groups, we have a chance to journey with people to help them to see increasingly how Christ uh, changes everything in their lives. Whether you are a year 10 boy or whatever. And so I hope our goal as small group leaders, overall, the overarching goal is to help our group mature in their faith in Christ. That is what each of us needs most. That is what will help us stand firm and to uh, endure in this life as we grow in our maturity in Christ. Which I think is worth saying, this means that if that is our goal, and I hope it is, then our goal shouldn't be something else. I'm sure we're not thinking this, I'm sure you wouldn't say this, but it's worth just being clear that the goal of being a small group leader is not primarily for our group to like us. Although I'm sure they will, you're a lovely bunch. But that is not the primary goal of our times together. Uh, it's lovely when people say, oh, I love being in your group, or I've got the best group ever, I've got wonderful leaders, and think, oh, oh that's nice. And I'm sure they'll say that. But, but that is not the primary goal for them to like being in our group. Actually, it's for them to mature in Christ. Or, or it's not for people to say, oh, you're a great host, or, or we love coming to your house, or uh, we love the way that we can just have a chat, we, or we love the community that you've created in your small group, or, or we love the friendship we've discovered in, in the small group. Now, these things are all wonderful, and, and they matter, and they can be uh, really important ways in which the group grows, but those things in and of themselves are not the ultimate goal that Paul has, and I hope they're not our ultimate goal. Our ultimate goal should be to help our group mature in Christ. That's the goal. Uh, we talk about um, growing forward. Um, we've got a little um, picture there on the screen. It's there on the handout. The, the idea of, of growth. And I'm passionate about helping the 700 plus people in forward to look back in a year's time and to say, do you know what? This year may have been difficult, maybe full of surprises. But actually, I can look back to this time last year and see that I have grown in my understanding of Christ. I am now more mature in my faith than I, than I was. Uh, that, is, that is what gets me excited. That's, that's what makes me passionate about small groups, that we can be growing forward. And in, in 10,000 years' time, when we're all gathered around the throne of glory and we're worshipping the Lamb who was slain for us, what's going to last into eternity is going to be uh, our faith in Christ, the maturity, our character in Him. It's going to be uh, the people we've invested in uh, for Christ as we're gathered with those people around him. I hope that's our goal as we begin this new year. If that's the goal, well, how does the goal happen? What's the work that we should be doing? And we read it already, verse 28. Paul says, we proclaim him, that is, we proclaim Christ, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom. That is what we're about. Now, let's be clear that there's not some sort of competition between teaching the Bible and teaching Christ. Um, Because the Bible teaches us about Christ. So as we teach the Bible well, we are teaching people about Christ. That is our goal, is to teach the Bible well, and therefore teach Christ well. And we'll do that from 1 Peter, certainly. So we we mature people by by teaching them Christ, teaching them the word. With with all wisdom, we admonish and we encourage them. And this will be hard work. Paul says that he labours 
verse 29. He struggles. And um, just to manage expectations, what will this look like for us as we work to, to teach Christ to our groups? Well, um, it'll begin with prayer, as we wrestle in prayer for our groups, uh, as we think about them throughout the week, as we think about our own um, studies, that we pray for our preparation. There's lots of wrestling to do in prayer, and that will be hard work, finding the time to pray. Um, but I do think our role as leaders is to be praying for our groups. Uh, it'll mean labouring in our preparations. Uh, Paul will talk more about that uh, later on. But it, it, there'll be hard work to be done as we wrestle with the scriptures. We, we do that, that kind of private labouring with the text as we pray and, and look at the passage beforehand. And that will take time. There'll be a labouring there. Uh, they'll be uh, looking after individuals in the group. Uh, they'll want to come and chat to us. There'll be uh, lives to, to journey with. Um, and there'll be some highs and lows there. It'll be difficult. There'll be some laboring to be done there. There'll be people who think, I just don't know how to help them. I don't know what to say to them. I don't know how to draw alongside them. There'll be a sort of um, uh, tears, maybe, um, perplexion as we uh, help individuals. There'll be hard work. There will also be, I think, in a sense, uh, the idea of being a role model. Not that we as leaders are perfect, but I hope we are people who long to be growing ourselves. And so our labour includes uh, being a role model to our groups as we seek to be growing in Christ. And that takes energy and time as well. Uh, that's, that's the work. And I hope we expect it to be hard at times as we begin this year. A few weeks ago, um, I cycled to work for the first time. Um, and my cycle route is um, from kind of the hanging water area and it just goes up and up and up and up, up the forward road finally to, um, to the church buildings here um, and it nearly ruined me cycling all the way up the hill I arrived completely wrecked, it took me about 20 minutes just to get my breath back to normal sweating and completely overwhelmed and I haven't really done it since actually but um, I tried it once um, but I, I was in my, at my desk the other day and I saw someone cycle by my window where I work in the hut, up the hill and I just couldn't believe it. They were going by so fast. They, they just flew by in the bicycle. And I thought, I've, I've just cycled it last week. And that here's someone who's just flying by. They're not even sweating. They're just merrily cycling along. And they were going at some clip. They were pedaling hard, yes. But they, they were just flying up the hill. I just couldn't get it. And then the next day, the same guy went past at the same time, just flying up the hill. I just thought, how is he doing it? I've just tried it before, and it's impossible. And the, and the third day, he just flew by. And I thought, what's going on? And then the fourth day, I happened to be standing up when he went by, and I saw his bicycle. He had one of those electric bicycles, didn't he? <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> now, he was working hard. He was, he was pedaling hard. But he had an outside source of power, which meant he was flying up the hill. Now, bear with me as I uh, shift gears, but... <laughs> There's a sense in which as we labour in this uh, amazing task of helping people mature in their faith, yes, there is labouring for us to do, but you see, Paul says there is an extraordinary external power source available to us as we labour. He says in verse 29, we struggle with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. That's the power. And one of the remarkable and special privileges of, of stepping out and serving the Lord and, and labouring for him is that when we're in that position of weakness and vulnerability, so often that's when his power is made most apparent in our lives. Um, when we know that we're out of our depth, that's when we can see the Lord really working in us and helping us. 
Um, and this is my prayer, actually, for you guys as leaders this, at this time. I've been praying this passage for you. I'll continue to pray it for you. I, I pray that you will know God's power at work in and through you as you labor this time. There will be a sense in which you can do things you never thought you could do in your own strength. But because the Lord is working in and through you, you're able to provide care. You can persevere. You can love. You can admonish in ways you never thought you could because he is working with you. It's his power that helps you. So expect you, uh, I hope you have these expectations uh, this, this year. The goal, maturity in Christ, but that's what we're working towards. The work will be hard, there'll be laboring to be done. And yet also there is great power available to us as we do this. I could say so much more, but that's the very basic expectations for you guys as leaders. If you can, if you can leave here today with Colossians 1 ringing around in your ears about expectations... That'll be a great verse to come back to again and again this year. Well, much more quickly, I'm going to be much quicker now as we go through the handouts, um, these next two headings. And what about expectations for our groups? And lots of us will be leading new groups, and the groups will be starting to come together. They'll be starting to, to form. I know a lot of you had socials last week. This coming week will be the first Bible study, I think, for many groups. And it can be very helpful as these new groups start to form, just to be clear with the group, the kind of expectations you have as leaders for how the group will work. Not because uh, we're some kind of uh, control freaks or, or tyrants. You know, people come voluntarily. We can't say to them, you must do this. This is what you have to do. Or we're going to kind of be dictators in our groups. But actually, just, just being clear about how the group will work well can really help everyone know what's expected and be on the same page. Uh, so here, here are some areas you might want to think about engaging with your groups about in the, in the coming weeks as we think about these groups coming together. Uh, the first is this, our, our motivation for coming. And I've heard lots of people talking about how excited they are about being in a new group uh, and saying lots of really good things. Like I'm, I'm really looking forward to meeting more of the church family, looking forward to um, meeting new people, forming new friends, I'm looking forward to, to helping other people, um, you know, just mixing up. And that's all... Tremendous, uh, and, that, and that's a big blessing of, of reshaping small groups. But what I want to get into the DNA of every single group member is that our primary motivation for coming together is to help one another mature in Christ. But actually, not simply about having good friendships, although I hope friendships do form. But actually, the reason why we come out on a wet, rainy Tuesday night, or whatever, whatever it is, is actually if us going to that group can actually help other people in the group grow in their faith and mature. And actually, we also are uh, helped in our faith. So I hope that increasingly our groups get the fact that this is a tremendous chance to be growing in our faith, to, to, be, to be maturing each other, not simply a chance to, to, to see friends or to have a nice community together. Um, that's the motivation, attendance. And again, you, know, you, you can't be too dogmatic here and say, yeah, you must come every week. But I think it's helpful to say, you know, if, if, you, if you can't make it one, one week, just drop me a text, drop me an email. It helps me to know where you are, that you know, we can pray for you, help me know that you're, you're okay, you're not you know, somewhere stuck or under a bus somewhere. So just uh, send me a text, email, whatever, give me a call um, if you can't make it. Um, but actually, if you, uh, I hope you can make most weeks. Like, this is one of the key events in your diary um, that um, group members know that it's not something you just kind of dip in and out of whenever it's convenient. That actually is a sense of commitment to the group. Um, again, you can't, you can't say to people, you have to do this. But actually, groups tend to really fly when most people come most weeks. That's when uh, groups really bond and grow and, and, and open up. So if you can have a conversation about attendance, that can be helpful. And you'll need to pitch it for your group. And you'll, need, you'll work out what's best. But it's good to talk about expectations there if you can. Um, preparation. Preparation. 
Uh, what do people prepare for before coming to a group? Uh, and again, you'll need to pitch it if you're doing a year 10 boys group or whatever. You know, you work out what's going to be most helpful, what's realistic. But if people can read the passage beforehand, for example, that can be a real help. Um, if they can really engage with the sermon beforehand, that can be a real help. If they weren't there at the service, maybe get the recording. Um, listen to Paul's uh, helpful overview from the video. It's on the website. Um, there's lots of ways to prepare, pray for the passage. Um, but it'd be good just to, to share with the group that, that that's a really helpful expectation to come having thought a bit about the passage if they can. And that'll be different for different people. Um, openness in the group. Now, groups will take time to gel and bond, and, you, you, and you're not going to find that in week one. Your groups are going to be pouring out their souls to one another. Normally, you might, but not, it's going to be surprising in a way. But, but it's good to start aiming for increasing openness as we talk about application and our struggles, when we talk about prayer requests. To say to the group, we, we hope this becomes a place of trust where we feel able to really share what's going on in our lives. Now, that might take time. I might take commitment, but actually what, what, what we're aiming for as a group is to increasingly get to a point where we can be open, um, we can really share with one another. And it can be good to say at the beginning that that's what we're aiming for. Now, it might take time, but you know, let, let's work towards that. Um, and finally, in terms of support, um, what I'm thinking here is, is that as leaders, um, I hope we are, are going to offer um, support to our groups. It might be that we, we say to each group member, well, let's have a coffee at some point each term, just kind of one-to-one, or maybe have, some, have a meal together. Um, you know, we're here to kind of chat things through with you. If, if you're struggling, let us know. Um, so just let the group know that, well, you have to work out what you can manage as leaders, but let them know what you, what you can manage and how you'll support them. But also that we're here to support one another as a group. Um, so actually, you know, if someone's ill, it's not just a leader who comes around with a bit of food, but actually the group can do that, so that we can support one another. So again, just saying to the group, you know, we're aiming to, be a, to share lives together, do life together, and support one another. Just setting that as an expectation can help people think, think about that straight away. I could say lots more, but I think those, those headings are, are helpful, uh, thinking about how to get the group expectations right. Um, when should we discuss these expectations? When should they come up? Now, I'm not saying that this coming week you have a 30-minute monologue with the group where you kind of just give a set speech where you go through these um, points, you know, blow by blow. I just think that wouldn't be very helpful. Um, you may not even want to have any sort of moment where you do this sort of officially. It depends on the group. But, I mean, when you open the Bibles, you could just say, as you get the Bibles open, just for, you know, for a couple of sentences, actually, you know, why are we doing this? Just remind them why we're doing it. Or when it comes to the prayer time, say, so actually, you know, if we can, let's be as open as possible. Um, you know, when it comes to... Um, yeah, at the beginning, when people are arriving, just say, oh, it's really helpful to, to let us know if you can make it next week. Or you know, just, just talk about expectations. And you might want to do it just for a set five minutes as groups begin and just go through these points. You might want to do it one-to-one. I'll leave it to you guys to work it out. But I do think it's helpful to be quite clear early on with the group, whatever way is best, about the kind of expectations you have as leaders. It means that in six months' time, if some people just aren't getting it, you can go back to that conversation and say, oh, do you remember that chat about, you know... The preparation beforehand, you know, how's that going? And, you know, is it working for you? Or, you know, it gives you an excuse to talk about stuff. Group expectations. Uh, very quickly as we finish, I want to just finally talk about um, setting expectations for support. And by this I mean, what can you as leaders expect in terms of support from the church leadership? Because I know that what you're doing can be exciting but also difficult as leaders. And I want you to know as leaders that you have people around you to support you as you support your groups and as you lead. 
I want to just explain to you, in case you don't know, what kind of support there is for, for you guys as leaders as you begin to lead, so that you can feel supported. Um, some of you will know this, some of you will be new and won't know it. Um, and it's different for youth and students and for the kind of wider small groups, so bear with me. But um, for the wider small groups, uh, we have a, a, what's called a core group um, who uh, help to oversee the small groups. So they kind of help me and support me as I oversee small groups. And they actually kind of basically made you breakfast this morning. Um, very kind. But basically, there's about um, sort of five or six couples. I hope you know who they are. Um, actually, the names are all you know, the Cubmores, Crossleys, Holtons, Colliers, um, who are missed. Uh, Coopers. They're basically the core group. And we meet monthly as a core group to pray for you guys, to plan, to review, to make sure we're on track. But actually, one of the core group responsibilities is to have a group of you leaders with them as a kind of, I guess you could say, a kind of a mini cluster group. Um, so you're, you're sitting in your, your groups now, actually. So you, they're sitting on a Cudmore sign. The Cudmores are your, your core group leaders. And they're there to help and support you. Um, so uh, the plan is that um, once a term, those core group leaders will get everyone together from that core group as leaders, just for a social, for a meal, maybe around half term, just to, to catch up, share stories, see how it's going. But then also throughout the term, to, to have at least kind of one kind of one-to-one gathering with you as leaders, just to see how it's going, to see how you're finding a group, to, to share wisdom and insight. It, it's your kind of way of, of venting and, and asking questions and sharing. They're there to support you. Um, and also, um, the core group are there to, to help you with, with your studies and to help you think through how to, to be better leaders. So um, they may well come and, and visit your group. Now, I, this has happened before, and people have gone, oh no, the Ofsted visits my group. <laughs> What can I say to that? Um, it's not an Ofsted inspection. We're not here to, to kind of trip you out or to somehow make you scared. Um, we're, we're here to encourage you and to equip you as you grow in your leadership skills. And no one here in this room can say that we've arrived as the ultimate leader of a small group. But I know myself, I've benefited lots from other people's wisdom and help. Um, the, the, if a core group member does drop into your group, they're there because they love you, because they love your group. Uh, they're there to encourage you. And they're there to help you as leaders. So they're not there to trip you up or to catch you out. They're there to bless you and, and use them as you want, really. So if they, if they'll, they'll talk to you about it as well. But it's not an Ofsted inspection where they're going to give you a mark out of ten and then you know, hold up the mark so everyone knows. Uh, so don't fear it. <laughs> anyway, that, that's the core group. We're here to help and support you. And um, we, um, one thing that we do is put on the service station. That's the next point. So at the start of every new term, we have a service station. Like this morning, thank you for coming. And the point of it is to get together to help equip you guys, to train you guys, to, to, um, to, to help our, us raise our game as leaders. And that's another way that we support you. And if you have any ideas for future topics that you'd love to hear discussed at Service Station, let me know. If there's a particular area of small group leading you think, oh, I'd love to hear a bit of um, teaching on that topic, come and drop me an email, have a chat to me. We can try to think about how to teach that from, from Service Stations. Um, study notes, uh, uh, whoever is preaching through that sermon series will, will write study notes and send them out. Paul is helpfully um, preaching through 1 Peter and he's also writing the study notes for you guys. Um, so that's one way to help you as leaders engage with the passage yourself is to give you some background notes. Um, they don't give you questions on purpose. You have to grapple with the text yourself and Paul will be talking about that more in a moment. But they, they give you a framework and they help you think about the text as you, as you write your own studies. And lastly, and this is so important, um, we're praying for you guys. Um, so I'm praying for you. Uh, I know the core group are praying for you. And the church leadership, we're praying for you. 
and you're not on your own. Um, so I hope you know that as you lead your studies, we're praying for you. I was praying for you guys. I was praying uh, Colossians 1 uh, last week. I'll be praying again this coming week as you uh, uh, launch into this new year. So, uh, so I hope you know that you're um, in our prayers and that therefore the Lord's power will be at work amongst you. Um, our time is definitely up. Um, very uh, quick overview. Um, we're going to have a, um, a 15-minute break for coffee, so that means we're going to uh, restart at 10.30 um, for our final session. So do get up, stretch. There's going to be um, biscuits, coffee available, and I gather a bit more bacon and a bit more granola, but not together. Um, but thank you.